0: Computer, initialize suite
1: Ooh, this is the new shuttle with the blast shield. Yeah, the blast shield, the blast shield. It, no, blast it, shield. it comes words. down okay. and it Here's goes up. Shield. It. Stop it. Stop it. Welcome to our episode review of the penultimate episode of Star Trek Lower Decks' second season, titled Something in Klingon. I'm going to go with... Wesh... wesh That
0: sounds pretty Klingon. That sounds
1: Klingon, not Wesh-dush!
0: You sound really angry, but I bet it means I love you.
1: (laughs) No, actually, it does mean three ships.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I wish they'd called it three ships, because... Trying to remember that na- episode name is going to be frustrating for the rest of my life.
0: But there were four.
1: No, but we saw three lower decks as the main oh. ones, didn't we? Ceritos, the Klingon one. I can't remember the name of the ship and the Vulcan ship. But yes, you are right. We saw more. Actually, we saw the Pakleds and we saw a ball cube. So quite a lot going on. In Seems this like
0: one. such an impractical shape.
1: What the ball cube? Yeah, and yet incredibly practical because like. it's, it, Think about it. They're in space. So why did why are most of the ships streamlined?
0: Oh, that's a good point.
1: So in many ways the Borg ship is perhaps the Does most it practical. Move? Oh yeah.
0: Wow. That would look really, really weird.
1: Well, it's just a cube flying through space. Yeah. Yeah, they they look terrifying when it happens. See, you you came to that with a statement about how silly the ship is, then you were like, Well, actually
0: Oh no, I'm my, not I'm not like My mind oh, has just been blown. Wow. I actually find that now super impressive. I'm like, it's it's still it's still weird. 'Cause surely they must enter atmospheres and stuff. How do you, you do that as a
1: cube? You just drop it in. It's huge. I don't know if they do enter atmospheres with those ones. They've got the little spheres and stuff for that. I really want to see, I don't know if we have seen it yet, a triangular borg ship.
0: I reckon they only work in like circles or squares. One extreme or the other. We
1: could have a cylinder shaped one then.
0: A three-sided shape just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't it? Isn't it technically like structurally the strongest shape? What? A triangle. Is it? Hmm. How? Because there's, like, equal stress on all of the corners or something if you put, like, a weight on it. That's why most bridges are like that. Like, think about the seven bridge.
1: What's triangular about the seven bridge?
0: It's got that kind of shape to it.
1: You're saying that? No one can see this. No, 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 I'm talking to you. (laughs) I actually forgot
0: we were recording. (laughs) Someone help me out with this. Triangles are structurally the strongest
1: shape. I'm not disagreeing, I'm just saying. You know that
0: experiment you had to do in, in school where you have to make, like, a bridge out of newspaper?
1: No, I probably skipped that class. DT. In DT? No, I DT. definitely didn't do that in DT.
0: Yeah, basically, if you do it as a triangle, spoiler, it wins.
1: How would you get over a bridge if it's a bloody triangle?
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> what? Oh, man. No, as in, like, maybe the triangle is underneath, or it comes up top to hold, like a suspension bridge. Right. Like, I'm not asking the car to drive up the two sides okay. of the triangle.
1: okay. Sure. My name's Kyle. <laughs> this is Katie, my darling wife, who has a lot on her plate this week. Bless her. You have an assignment due for your Do. master's, uh, which you're going to work on as soon as we finish this. I am. I've got my degree going on, actually. Well, one I'm doing for the Open University, but I haven't looked at this week's work for that yet because I am too busy right now. Did I actually start watching SWAT yesterday. It stars at Shimamo. Moore. I don't know if I say his name correctly, so I apologise if I got that wrong. Obviously watching it because he was awesome as Derek Morgan on Criminal Minds, which had just finished. And it's been in my mind for about nine seasons or so of Criminal Minds that the next thing I was going to really jump onto was going to be SWAT, which he's the lead guy in. So I started doing that. Fun show.
0: How many seasons has it got?
1: Just started there in its fifth season a week ago. Currently ongoing.
0: But it's not as intense as Criminal Minds.
1: No, no, it's more of a bit of fluff. doesn't like get you stressed like uh, hmm. Criminal Minds does, so... So yeah, this week saw me have my first working from home day on Friday. Mm-hmm. in My job that I'm in now, so it's was exciting. Doing the same thing again on Monday, which I've just been when this episode drops, actually. So
0: And what is the newspapers currently calling people who work at home on Mondays from Fridays, babe? T-W-A-T's. Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays.
1: Yeah, twats. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> So it's not a very common thing about doing this, though, but just requested it and got it. So it's been good as well, because I don't know if anyone can tell who listens to us regularly, but we are both rather blocked up with a cold right now and not COVID. Don't worry. I did a lateral flow, um, which was horrific, actually. <laughs> the reason it was horrific, not so much the experience of the lateral flow test, but the manner in which it was conducted on me, Katie, because... I offered to do the test because you were very sick and lateral flows have a really bad history of like when you have symptoms, they're no good because they give you inconclusive results. Whereas if you take them when you haven't got symptoms, then they're more likely to give you a a more accurate result. So I had no symptoms. So we didn't think you had COVID anyway, but I said, well, for peace of mind, I'll, I'll take a test, a lateral flow. But the idea that I had to rub it across my pretty much my tonsils was a terrifying thought to do myself. I just thought I'd keep gagging if I tried doing it myself because i do it too slow or something. So I asked you to do it, and you weren't keen to do it. No. But then you did. Now, for anyone who hasn't done a lateral flow, it's just like a... It's Big like a, cotton bud. Yeah a, very lo- yeah, a very long swab that you stick to the back of your throat and rub. Now, I remember I opened my mouth for you, and without any sort of... No moment for me to think about what was about to happen or anything. You just kind of just jammed that thing into my throat as if you were stuffing me, (laughs) ripping off a band
0: aid. You got to just do it quick. Oh god!
1: And then think you're just there scraping it about there, and I was a bit like, oh god, I want to gag because you just stuck it in so quick. And then, um, then I obviously had to then stick it up my nose.
0: The reason that I wasn't keen to do it is because my mum has me do them on her so much. Oh really? I yeah. I've just had it with lateral flow tests now. I'm like a pro. I get the packet out, shake the packet, open it
1: up. You would not be able to work it like in a testing centre or anything.
0: Oh was, no, I've got no patience. You would have lost
1: the human compassion part <laughs> of your job if if you were. It was brutal. I was like and by the end, when it was in my nose, obviously it's itching my nose as well, I'm, like ticking my nose and I'm twisting it around at my nostril. Like by the time it was done, there were tears involuntarily streaming down my face. And not because I was actually like, I wasn't crying. I was in a rather jovial mood uh, as I protested against the manner in which he'd done the test. But just my body's reaction to having that thing jammed into my throat and then stick my nose. It was just that tears started to flow. So uh, that was my horrific experience. So on what day was that then? But it's
0: weird because you've gone this far without having to do one.
1: Yeah.
0: Me and the kids have just done so many...
1: It's oh, horrible. I don't know how people do them all. Eliza's
0: time. had like nine of them.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah, she's done. She's done mm. quite a few as Lizy. Lizzy Lou. Lizzy. Lizzy Lou. So, here this week to talk about Star Trek, as I said, the ninth episode of season two, penultimate 19th episode, Katie, of Lower Decks. Mm. Wrap your head around that one. We're almost at the point where we'd be able to have an old school four season of Lower Decks, which would be 26 episodes. Oh. So, I have to wait until. This time next year, but we'll be there. And uh, this episode was a little different. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to get into it in a moment. Before we do that, though, just want to really please uh, ask you all to, if you listen to this for the first time ever, please subscribe. Uh, I promise, even though we've spoken about other stuff before this, we are a Star Trek podcast. Um, Please subscribe on whatever app you're using. If you want to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts, please do. Five stars would be great. If you want to leave a written review in there as well, that'd be even better. Uh, helps us with algorithms and will set us up nicely as we head into season three next year and uh, boost those numbers even more. Katie, our numbers for listeners are looking great this season. I was, in fact, this morning just uh, updating the graphs that we have to um, just to see where we're at and compare against our own episodes, against uh, other Holistic Media shows, things like that. And uh, it's a bit annoying because season one, our host that we use for all the podcast episodes during season one of the show and pretty much the whole first year of Hollywood Media was measured on different criteria compared to now. Whereas before you could, if you went back to an episode that was like, say it was an hour long, you couldn't listen to it all in one sitting and you went back to it three times and you listened to 20 minutes a pop, that was shown up as three individual downloads of the episode. Uh, okay. Whereas now it doesn't. If it's, if that's done within like a 24 or 48 hour window, and it's from the same IP address, then it counts as one. So we are smashing season one's numbers, but I don't know in truth how much by, because season one's numbers are measured on a complete different metric to season two's.
0: Fucking data, man.
1: Data. I love data. Not the guy. Uh, data's cool. You can also find us on social media at Blast Shield Up. Uh, that's across Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, I promise that when life calms down, I will be more active on all of those. So, uh, yeah, this episode, so the translation of the Klingon name was Three Ships. It does uh, takes the premise of Lower Decks, actually, in the direction that I never even considered them doing in an episode. I I had previously considered that each season could almost be on a different ship, or after a few seasons they could move to a different ship and show the Lower Decks. But it never occurred to me that they would have an episode that would... Jump from our Lower Decks on the Cerritos to a Klingon ship's Lower Decks to a Vulcan ship's Lower Decks. Uh, It's just... I mean, for you, when that first happened, what was your feeling when it first snap cut to the Klingon ship?
0: You know, it's like when you found out about the whole premise of the show is like... I never considered that there were... Well, obviously, I did know that there were quite large crews and stuff. But I never considered that there were people in, like, the Lower Decks doing those kinds of jobs and... And then after I watched the show I was like, Oh yeah, actually, of course, that makes a lot of sense that the bridge crew are just like the front and then everyone else is working behind the oh, scenes. Oh, like on the other
1: alien ships, you mean like And now
0: yeah. and now I Oh I'm you like, mean
1: sorry, you mean when you started this yeah. show? And okay. Then,
0: like even as we went through like before just before we saw the Klingon sh- ship, I was like, that's gonna have a lower decks. Yeah. And then we saw the lower decks and I was like, Of course it would have a lower decks," And the Vulcan ship and everyone else. Everyone's got one.
1: I just opened up the whole universe mm. and the funny thing when they were all commenting on what they imagine someone else's lower decks was like like Mariner was like you don't want to be on a klingon lower decks and boimel was like i saw so it's fine and then the Klingons has taken the piss out of the vulcan ships <laughs> yeah and uh and then we cut to a vulcan ship i just thought it was brilliant and then this you know the the cut to the pack lid one i think was the funniest yeah later on when they cut to it and he's like i'm hungry and then the other one's like you, you should, should eat. eat something. And the other one's like, you're so smart, or whatever the line was. But do you
0: know how I've just realised they sound like?
1: Our children? Liza. They do sound like Eliza, yeah. Now you've mentioned it.
0: I want chocolate buttons in a bowl.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she does talk like a pack lid. <laughs> Maybe we could get her a spot on there if they ever need a child pack lid. If anyone from the Lodex Team is listen to this.
0: We got you, because got not you. you will not have to coach that child. No. She already talks like that.
1: She'll be able to do it, so we can go in season three. And uh, yes, yeah, so the basic premise of the show is that the Cerritos is on a going on a 12-hour warp, which, I mean, I didn't think is all that long, but they call it like a long warp. But I mean, I swear we've seen in Trek before where they say they're going off and to go warp, you know, maximum warp somewhere, and it's going to take them like three days. Hmm. I just assumed they were at warp for those whole three days. Yeah, me I guess too. not. 12 hours, I would have thought it was a short warp. Hmm. But either way, uh, they were um, using it as downtime. So everyone on the ship basically um, got time off, I guess, like Skeleton Crew actually doing the real nitty-gritty work. But uh, Tendi was going to go off and spend some holodeck time with Dr. Ta'ana. Uh, Rutherford was going to have some um, pottery time with Shaxx. And Mariner, and uh, God forbid was going to have to go spend time with her mother for mother-daughter time, which I thought was incredibly smart that we never got to see this on the show. Uh, they've done a lot of time with Mariner and her mum together. I don't think we needed to see. I thought the snippets we saw of like them arguing when they're doing the phase of practice stuff, I mean, did you want to see what they were doing or were you kind of?
0: No, I think it keeps the mystery if we can just not, well, no.
1: We've seen how they function together, mm. good and bad, so I feel like it wouldn't have added anything more.
0: I enjoyed that they were playing, like, Star Trek Monopoly. <laughs> uh, not Monopoly. Cluedo. Cluedo. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, if someone from the Star Trek, like, merchandising team or CBS, Viacom, whatever they're called now do not create a Star Trek Cluedo, then I will not know what to make of life. Because we still haven't had the uh, the Geordie LaForge little plush thing from mm, season one.
0: Data bubble bath.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen that come up yet. This Lodex has given us more opportunities for merch than any other Trek show, I think, in its short time. And yet yeah, we're not seeing any of it.
0: They know what they're doing, though. Putting yeah. the opportunities out there.
1: They are. They are doing it. And some of them are going to stick. Some are going to stick. Uh, so, so Boimler couldn't hang out with any of his buddies, but he wanted to hang out with someone from the bridge crew. So he was trying to impress. Funny moment with Kayshawn. <laughs> when he tried to... It turns out he could speak his language, but he messed it up when he seemingly insulted Keishon's weight. And as Keishon said, that it is hard to control your diet when you can replicate whatever you want.
0: Imagine. I mean, I'd always like to think that I'm going to replicate fresh salads and stuff every day. But Mm. in reality, Prob's going to have a lot of pastry.
1: See, I think I would replicate good stuff, like healthy stuff. But I think the problem I'll have is that the treat I do give myself is probably going to be like, extreme calorificness. I'm thinking banana splits, ice creams, you know, and stuff like that, which you can't normally get every day. But I probably would have it every day. It's like mm-hmm. my dessert after lunch. Now, who needs dessert after lunch? No one. But when you've got a replicator, why not? Yeah, I probably couldn't have a replicator in my house. I'm already packing on the weight as it is, so.
0: I'd love to have a replicator. Imagine how much easier that would be for dinner.
1: Oh, yeah. So I do dinner? Oh, me again. And you go over, just order whatever you want. Oh, imagine that would be fancy. No arguments about or what you want from the takeaway. Do you want Chinese or an Indian or pizza?
0: Or four of us want something different for dinner? Cool. Yeah. And
1: you know the best thing about the replicator? You put the dirty dishes back in it. Do you? Yeah. Gets rid of them.
0: Oh, my God. But aren't you technically eating your own poop?
1: Yeah, as we found out for sure in uh, Discovery Season 3. of The season, I think. It's shit, as uh, the Admiral said. It's not
0: even just yours. It's... Everyone's
1: in that point in the future. You probably don't think anything of it.
0: I think I probably still would.
1: I don't know how you could turn a, a piece of poo into, I don't know, a I donut, know, a donut or a watermelon or something like that
0: sorbet.
1: So yeah, Boimler then ended up trying to join uh, the Hawaiians, a uh, sort of uh, elite group of crewmen, which included Commander Ransom, who uh, are all from Hawaii.
0: What a quinky dink.
1: Yeah, quinky dink. And so Boimler didn't set out to lie. I think it should be said. When he was asked about if he was from Hawaii, he was, I feel like he was about to say no. But it was the other crewman who was like, well, well only someone like us from Hawaii could know what the sand feels like and all that Malaki." And of course, it makes more sense later on when we find out that none of them are from Hawaii, and so they would—they were just all lying to each other, ransom included. That's, mm. that's his second in command of the vessel. But
0: he did it for the exact same reason that Boimler did it.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to think that Ransom sees a lot of himself in Boimler. In fact, let's say it now. Given the look that Ransom gave at the end, as well. Oh to Boimler yeah, that was I wonder if we're going to ever get a flashback, and we're going to see that Ransom wasn't always this weightlifting stud of a second officer. And actually, I reckon he is going to have been a lot like Boimler.
0: Which is weird, because didn't we? Say like right at the start, I reckon he looks really, really tough, but he's actually a massive pussy. And then it got to that bit in season one where he's got to wrestle that yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. and he was doing some like kung fu, and... fu. he
1: kicked his ass.
0: Yeah, he was a hard ass.
1: He really was. So that revelation comes out whilst the ship's under attack, which we will get to. So I mean, let's talk about this then. The Hawaiian or whatever they call themselves. The was it the Hawaiians or whatever? I the Ohana. What... Oh yes, yes. Okay, means so... the family. So what did you think of this whole this whole angle? It was just really bizarre. Really, really weird. It was really what random, wasn't it? <laughs> it was
0: like something someone would have just like chucked out there. Why Hawaii? why?
1: And I do love that they were they all bonded during the bit where they all admitted they were lying, but being from there, they realised they were all from moons, except for Boimler, and so they created their own little group again. But I was thinking immediately were the other two crewmen sucking up again and lying about being from a moon
0: oh my god they totally could have been didn't you think about that known, no. I thought
1: as soon as, as soon as Ransom said it I thought
0: oh my god yeah they
1: suck up so lying again
0: she probably just knew about Luna Bay
1: we were talking about all these different days that the characters were having Or actually we saw them from Boimler's perspective so technically I guess it was like a Boimler episode in that regard uh, but, uh, yeah, we saw Tendi and Ta'ana were climbing uh, cliff face, much in the same manner as Star Trek V, which, for the record, for anyone listening, I'm not even going to dwell on this point, but the first half to first two-thirds of Star Trek V might be the most Star Trek-like of all the movies, but the final third is where it all falls off, no pun intended, the cliff edge. But, yes, a bit of a nod, especially with like, the little rocket boot things that Boy and Lou was using as well, which, spoiler for you, Katie, you will see Spock where... Uh, in the film. That was really funny. It's nice to see a different sort of scenery and stuff as well. And Tana's just no no shits given approach really Mm. Uh, with the holodeck safeties. I mean she's a doctor. In truth if the safeties were off she should have gone and checked.
0: Yeah she was off too.
1: And also given how small the holodecks actually are he might have just been laying there screaming whilst being right next to them in the room. I can't get my head around holodeck science. I'm not even going to think about it for no. For too long. And then, yeah, we saw, like I said earlier, we saw a bit of Mariner and things. But I think the real interesting stuff in this episode was going on on other ships. So, this this talk on the Klingons. There's a power struggle. So, that our main Klingon that we were following, uh, his name, and I'll probably butcher the pronunciation, but Ma. Uh, Ma. Ma. M A POSHUT A H. So, I don't know. If, Cough it up. I don't know if it <laughs> would actually have a different sound in there, or is it Ma. Ma. Ma.
0: Ma. This is like me learning Chinese. Ma.
1: I'm not an expert in Klingon, unfortunately. We're going to call him Ma anyway, okay. in this case. Uh, so he wanted to become second in command, which is quite ambitious, given you're in the lower decks. But on a Klingon ship, actually...
0: Anything goes. Anything
1: goes. That's the same as being like in the Terran Empire. You could wake up one day on the lower decks, and by the time you go to bed that night, you could be captain of the ship. But then could get stabbed in your sleep. I'd be dead.
0: Yeah That's your reign would last like 20 not, minutes. Yeah
1: not very long and similar on a Klingon ship I guess but now here's something I missed the line on second viewing so I can't be sure because our kids spoke over it but Ma said at the start that he knew the second officer was started to challenge and question the captain and so he was hoping to challenge him in front of the captain and or if the captain did fight him sorry, he would be the one that the captain would see first and promote which kind of happened, but not quite in the way he wanted. But I now was thinking on the second viewing that when the captain is fighting the second officer, the second officer is calling him a coward and that he hides behind something. I couldn't hear what he said, but it made me think that actually the second officer might have been fighting the captain over the pack lid stuff. Ah, oh, I see. So actually the second officer would have been a hero in this case, but he hmm. was being outspoken against Dorg. And he was just Dog.
0: unlucky. Yeah,
1: that all leads to, I guess, the big revelation we discover after Mahah, Mah. mah. I'm going to mah, just 'cause it sounds Klingon, and I've mastered the sound of you
0: have. How you I'm sound it. really good. Mah.
1: Once he's second officer, he finds out that the captain is dealing weapons to the Pakleds, and mm. we find out all the hints all season where Riker said that the Starfleet suspected someone else was sort of pulling the strings of the Pakleds, and we've seen Klingon disruptors earlier in the season and stuff as well. It's been confirmed that uh, Captain Dog, the Klingon captain, yeah, is somewhat. Um, Manacle captain is the man behind everything that's been happening since season one's No Small Parts.
0: And High Command have no idea.
1: High Command do have no idea. Now, I thought that Ma was incredibly noble throughout the rest of the episode. He challenged mm. the captain all the time to the point where he stopped the attack, and we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, but uh, I thought there's hilarious moments where you know, basically the Klingon captain thinks that Klingons have lost their way, which happens all the time in Star Trek. They think the Empire's lost its way and it should be out battling. We've seen a war start over this exact thing in Discovery with the Klingons, because mm. obviously, as um, as Mach points out, uh, the I'm pretty sure I'm saying his name wrong, but fuck it. As he points out, the Klingon High Command wouldn't be happy with all this, but Dorg says that they will go along with it. They want to yeah. be happy, but they'll go along with it. And that's exactly what happened in Discovery. They went along with it in the grand scheme of things, the war. Mm. They were just happy to take an excuse because Klingons, rightly or wrongly, would just love to fight.
0: And also, if you if you defy your commanding officer, you die.
1: Yeah. So, Peppolates and he did challenge him. And uh, this all led to... We didn't realise that any of these stories were coming together. And we'll talk about... I guess the Vulcan ship now, which is the third and final crucial piece of this puzzle, which was with uh, Talin, who is uh, the main focus of our Lower Decks journey on the Vulcan ship. A little bit of a uh, Vulcan with attitude. She was essentially the Vulcan version of Mariner, I thought.
0: This was my idea. Was it? I this? was just about to say this to you. Okay, so I it pointed out yesterday when we watched it that the Klingon was like Klingon Boimler. And oh, then it was, uh, yeah, yeah. And then the, the Vulcan was Vulcan Mariner.
1: You're right. I didn't even think about... We literally Klingon had this Boimer. conversation Not the on like, being like Boimer. Yeah, we did. Did we? I said both. Did you? Yeah. It's easy to claim such things when the other person doesn't remember any of it.
0: It's infuriating that you didn't understand my, or hear or listen to <laughs> or acknowledge my genius. These moments listen. don't come very often. You never listen to
1: me. <laughs> I listen to you. I listen. Yes, I think you're quite right, particularly on the the Mariner comparison with Tallinn. Tallinn has got great back chat. I mean, I won't lie. It turns out that when you have a bunch of Vulcans in a room all talking to each other... In their stilted speech, it is incredibly frustrating. And you mm. just want to throttle them. Probably wouldn't have noticed it so much, but obviously on lower decks, everything moves at a quick pace, like they talk at a quick pace. And then suddenly when are on this Vulcan ship, and you're like, Jesus. I
0: just want them to put a blade of bloody emotion in there. Yeah, in their voice. I know, right? A like, bit of intonation wouldn't go amiss, guys.
1: But it meant that when we got the little bitchy lines, particularly from Talin, yeah, were yeah. incredibly brutal, just because of the sheer nature of how they were delivered. I thought it was hilarious. But Talin is obviously picked up on a weird energy thing, which she's been boosting sensors for and stuff, which she shouldn't have been, but she's been doing it anyway. And Cerritos picks up on these as well. And we realize in the moment when Mach finds out that the bomb that the, his captain's been supplying the pack later, had accidentally used on an asteroid, he said it would leave some emissions. Other ships will pick them up. And then at that moment, the Cerritos drops at a warp as well. Because I, I realized that they said that. I think I might have said to you, I was like, oh, that's what they're picking up. And in that moment, I realized all the stories are about to converge on each other in a way I I never thought they were. I just assumed we were just watching three completely different adventures in the episode. I guess something of a fluff episode filler Mm. that turns out we were watching possibly the most important episode of the season since last season's finale and when the Cerritos drops out of warp can we just say what a hero moment for the ship such a
0: pretty ship when
1: the ship dropped out right and the music and you saw it coming into the scene and what was going on around it it was like something out of the live action things for me i Mm. get because i get chills in those moments oh it was amazing and then obviously the battle starts up captain freeman is unaware that the klingons at this point are working with the pack comes very clear at first when they don't respond to hails and start attacking the Cerritos I loved it when everyone was trying to get to their battle stations on the Cerritos and they are all wearing all sorts of random clothing there's nods to previous track episodes and such but no one was dressed appropriately
0: yeah um, Shax was still wearing his pottery apron yeah <laughs> and yeah. his hands were uh, still covered in pottery
1: yeah they were after making his little dog ashtray by the way loving the Rutherford and Shax's relationship
0: mama bear and baby bear mama bear
1: <laughs> Baby bear. So, yeah, they finally... The battle all goes on. Cerritos is losing until the Mm. Balkan ship pulls up Mm -hmm. and uh, T'Lin helps save the day. During all of that, Mach challenges the authority of his captain and wins the fight Mm. and kills him and becomes captain. Purple blood. Yeah, they have the proper Klingon blood on this one, uh, which I think Lodex got called up on this in season one for showing Klingons with red blood. And it was deemed as an oversight on their part. But I know that Trek has shown us was of red blood before but for you, you didn't know basically the purple blood pink blood thing comes from star trek six and they had to do it that color otherwise they would have got a higher certificate high, a higher rating so they changed the color of the blood because that isn't going to scare anyone is it if it's a different color you just don't know just um, looks
0: like pink fun
1: yeah but that has obviously become canon since but yeah we saw the right color blood thought the whole thing was great he head off for the um Klingon homeworld, and we're left with the revelation that it's this rogue Klingon that's been helping the pack lids. The Cerritos have learnt this themselves, and they're going to look forward to tell, telling the Starfleet Command. So, now, Lower Decks fashion would be that we would not see the outcome of that, because it's not a Lower Decks mission. So, I'm assuming we will not see what happened with it. Maybe not. Which makes you wonder that, will Lower Decks become frustrating at times on a lack of payoff? If this happens, now we don't know. We could, they could be involved in some mission or whatever. Now, but Shaxx came back to life rather brilliantly. We didn't get to know why because we're the low. We follow the lower decks. But how many times can the show pull that card before you think, "Oh man, I never get the real payoff well, of the show"? I don't show. know.
0: I mean, I, I think you know they they managed to do enough, even though you know they're not Enterprise. They managed to
1: they're involved in a lot of high stakes stuff yeah, still. Yeah. So that was the end of the episode. So we've kind of wrapped up. We found out that. Dog has been the captain behind the drama for the last what, nine or ten episodes of the show, so uh, he's dead now. Presumably, there won't be much more fallout from this. The Klingon High Command weren't behind it, so I don't know if we're going to see our Klingon, well, um, captain now, but Lower Decker again. Uh, it would be cool to see him again. I thought he was a cool captain. You know what? I'd be happy to see a spin off with him.
0: Oh, God, don't. Well, There's enough going on.
1: You wouldn't, if you had to get a Lower Deck spin off. You wouldn't want to see like a Klingon ship. There's no, always been for like a Klingon Star, Trek Star Trek I'd like to see
0: Mariner's life before.
1: Was well, a separate show. Yeah. What kind of genre would it go into then? If it's going to be his own show, what's it going to be? Action. Like a proper yeah. like, spy show and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay, I can see it. Now, I would I would be totally on board for a um a Klingon one. Tillin obviously got transferred off the Vulcan ship, uh, which was a, again a um a nod to the Enterprise designs. And interesting to see the Vulcans still use their own ships. You mm. would have thought they'd be using Federation uh, ships at this point, given that they've been part of it for 200 years. She's transferred off and told that she's going to be sent to an Earth ship. So going online and kind of what we said to each other, the, the, it was it seemed a no-brainer. I thought after that scene we were going to see Talyn introduced on the Cerritos. Do you think she's coming to the Cerritos? Or yeah, Or is it just a I joke do. about her being put with humans being a punishment?
0: No, I think she will. I think she
1: will. Regular? Yeah. Like the four become five? Yeah. Do you think? Is thing is, that how do you keep Talin down in Lower Decks? Like, she's smart. All I could think on the second viewing was, like, wow, this she would, like, excel in Starfleet.
0: But she doesn't listen to orders, her, I guess. Yeah, her
1: attitude could be the problem. Yeah. Kind of got that a little bit with Mariner, yeah. though. But she's more science than Mariner. Mariner's more of a hands-on action mm. girl, although she does know a lot. So uh, that's the episode. What do you think this episode then? Penultimate one? Uh, yeah,
0: it was really interesting. It was really different.
1: That's becoming a thing now, actually, on this show for the penultimate episode of the season. The penultimate episode of season one was Crisis Point. Which was the holodeck movie mm. that they were in, which ended with Boimer discovering that Mariner was Freeman's daughter, and then uh, this one, which was yeah, played with the genre completely. I just was not expecting any of it to culminate in the the stuff with the pack lids, and I I was shocked when I realised we were going there, mm. and I thought we were going to get a cliffhanger. I was convinced of it. I really want holodecks to give us an old school TNG cliffhanger, which TNG used to give you know season finales that were obviously episodic, didn't really have a connection to anything before be like a cliffhanger that was just absurd and they clearly didn't have any idea how they were going to get out of it the following season so you know you they, have they a season got that premier.
0: little break to
1: yeah and then the season premiere there would always be a slight letdown from the incredible cliffhanger because you're thinking well there was actually no way they could have possibly come out of that cliffhanger and resolved it in a way that wouldn't have been a disappointment but yeah i'm looking forward to next week now so if we've resolved the Packard thing possibly what's that leave for the season finale i have
0: absolutely no idea none
1: someone say online that the episode title is first first contact but I don't know if that's true. That would mean it would what be someone's first, first contact mission.
0: Maybe Tell in.
1: Maybe I like a little setup with our full lower mm, deck as though I don't want it it would it to be change. Weird. I'm resistant to change.
0: Resistance is futile.
1: Ooh, got me there. We did sit through the end credits as well both we times to see if something happened like on the ball ship. A tit confirmation for any listeners wondering about the Ball Collective uh, following the end of Voyager. This is uh, yet more confirmation, like the card, that the collective was still out and about doing its thing without spawning anything for you, Katie. I don't know why. When it cut to the ball ship, I thought, "Oh crap, something big's going to happen to end the episode. I got played, You're I got dead. played, and we just saw the ball glow deckers who were just regenerating for the entire thing. I really enjoyed this episode I thought once again the animation the battles were lovely the music was great as we head into the last episode of the season babe one more to go how you feeling now season two
0: weird like when you said earlier there's gonna be a year between them I was like what
1: yeah it's gone again for another like 40 weeks but Mm. we've pretty much got track almost every week before then
0: something to tide me over yeah
1: so we got prodigy starting in just a couple of weeks on my father's 60th birthday, actually. And then Discovery starts next month. Now, depending if that's a 10 or 13 episode season, that's going to see us through to February, I guess, or thereabouts. Picard, it will probably be on then. For 10 weeks, stick to May or June. And then Strange New Worlds will come on. And presumably when that finishes, Lower Decks will be back. Wow. What a time to be a Trek fan. <laughs> There's like more shows in development and releasing right now of Trek than we have even had before of Trek. It's crazy. I'm very, very excited about it. That is weird. It. Yeah. Is a weird what a great girl. time for you to come on board as a trackie. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if someone can come on board as a trackie and get behind, like, the lower budget, obviously, in the of the older shows and the different kind of storytellings, it was a different era of TV, so pacing was different, all that stuff. I feel like an, it would be the best time ever to become a track fan.
0: Are you jealous of me?
1: I am a little bit, because you've got, like, nine or ten shows as you're approaching new. You've got new stuff coming out, and you still get to go back and watch older stuff. I'm so jealous of it.
0: This show is brought to you by Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Sweet Media programs. Loading Sweet Preview Program 4, The Jane Way, a Star Trek Voyager podcast.
1: Yeah, so we cut to night time. Harry sneaks out of the bed and starts looking up Voyager with his security codes, etc. Um, again, should be in underwear, but... Computer, show me Tom Paris. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> show me his location right now. Oh, he's 450 meters away.
0: <laughs> hey. Oh my gosh, it was us. <laughs> he's like, I have to go to a hookup. Libby, I have to go to Bear. I have to he found he found Tom him on, on, on Space on Star, Star Trek Grinder space and he's grinder. like, it's Space Grinder <laughs> <laughs> Loading HoloSuite Preview Program 4 Beyond Far Point, a Star
1: Trek, the Next
0: Generation Podcast. And cards
1: the other character trying to solve the mystery. So he leaves for that reason alone. It could be, and it could really be any character. Any one of, of the main cast members could have gone with Data and been there with Data several days later trying to solve what happened to the Enterprise. It's, it, it, it's very, very much a kind of a, a plot reason and nothing more, I think. Yeah, um, I kind of wish Data had stayed on the ship actually because I would like to have seen him regress to a pocket calculator. <laughs>